what I've entitled this message this morning, Making His Glory Known. Making His Glory Known. Now that has a twofold meaning. The Lord will today and in days to come and forevermore make His glory known. In, in that sense, the Lord making His glory known, I, I want to mention and talk about how the Lord will make His glory known in the new creation. In the new creation. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ. Say, in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. New creation. Old have passed away. Behold. All things have become new. And now all things are of God. Hallelujah. Who has reconciled us to himself through his son and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. The word new creation also could mean, it carries the meaning of a new species of being. A new kind of being, a new kind of person that never before existed in all of creation. Hallelujah. Different from all others. The new creation. Why? Because the life, the nature, and the glory of God comes into us. Making us alive unto God. To where we are now living in a place of perfect, unbroken union with the Lord. The Bible says that whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. If we be joined to the Lord, then truly the Bible says we have become one. Just like a husband and wife would become one flesh. So we with the Lord have become one spirit. And we have the privilege, the ability, someone say ability, to live that way. Even in this broken down, corrupted, fallen world. Amen. And I want to help you today to see some things that the Lord showed me that will help you to receive more of the truth of who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. It's important to know both who we are in Christ, but it also as well as knowing who Christ is in us. Hallelujah. And so making His glory known. God is making His glory known. Hallelujah. But not only that, then once He makes His glory known to us, you see, because the work of God and, and in revealing His glory, in, in, in uh, declaring His glory and making His glory known, God does everything in a threefold manner. He comes to you to make it real to you, to give you the illumination, the revelation of it, of a truth, 
so that he brings it personally to you by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit through the inspired, anointed word of God. Amen? And then as he brings it to you, he works it in you. And that's what happened in the new birth. We were transformed. And we are forever being transfigured. And I'm going to show you that today. Transfigured. Hallelujah. Changed from the inside out. So you see, religion and the world, religion in the world is all about changing somebody from the outside in. And that kind of change is, is, is short-lasting, it's temporal, and, it, and it's futile in the end. But the change that God works is done by His Spirit, His very own nature and presence in us, changing us from the inside out. And that kind of work is eternal, everlasting, full of fruit forever. Hallelujah. And it's the work of His glory in us. It's the work of His glory. And so after he does that, then of course he wants to finally live it, work it, and flow it through us to the people around us like we've been hearing all morning long. I mean, to be honest with you, we who are born again, we who have, who have been saved, who have been made new creations, the reason that we're on the earth now is to show forth and manifest his glory. Amen. Otherwise, we could just be up in the party. Hallelujah. We could be up in heaven with the Lord face to face at the throne of God the Father, worshiping Him continually day after day, feasting on the glory and the fruit of paradise, living, walking the streets, the golden streets, in the holy city and waiting until the next age. But no, he's kept us here for a purpose because we're his body. Amen. The fullness of him who fills all in all. And so rather than Jesus being here now, he's left us here as his people, as his body. Therefore, we are his eyes. We are His mouth. We are His hands. We are His feet. Amen. And so we've got a sacred privilege, honor, really. It's an honor. As I said, we could be any, any of the vast number of 7 billion people in the earth today. Hopelessly lost. But we're not. But we're not. Hallelujah. So we have the honor of declaring his name and making him known. And you see, what I want to talk about is the glory of God. The glory of God in Christ, which has been made the glory of God in you. You see, that's what the new creation is. The new creation man, the new creation woman is a man and a woman filled with the glory of God. We're not waiting to be glorified. We are glorified and have been glorified. 
The only thing that's waiting and will catch up are these bodies, amen, of flesh and blood. And even these two, one day, will be absolutely glorified when this, immor- when this mortal will put on immortal. Hallelujah. And this corruptible will put on incorruptible. Hallelujah. And then will be put, uh, the saying, uh, death will be put to, put to an end. Death, where is your sting? Hallelujah. Grave, where is your victory? No, we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. But now, we have everything we need to live a life of glory, to live a life of purpose. So let me talk a little bit about the glory for a minute. If you would, open your Bibles to Habakkuk. Chapter 2. And I'll just read one verse there. I had my, there it is. Habakkuk. Chapter 2. And then I'm going to read Romans chapter 8. Because what I want to do is, let me, let me first say a few things about the glory of God. Making His glory known to us, in us, and through us. So that ultimately, we are the ones who, who, who have received His glory. And His glory has been made known to us. And is now having been changed us and continually transfiguring us from glory to glory then we are ultimately the ones who are making His glory known. And as we make His glory known, people are saved, people are changed, people are touched. Hallelujah. Let me say this about the glory of God. Like I said earlier, I was talking, praying to the Father of glory. In the Bible, it talks about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all being glorious. It says that calls the Father, the Father of glory. Jesus is called the Lord of glory. Amen. Means He has the right and the power to distribute His glory as He wills. Amen. And of course, He wills when we are willing. Amen. Hallelujah. And then in, in Peter, in Peter's epistle, the Spirit is called the Spirit of glory. The glory of God, listen to this, is the very essence of His nature. The glory of God is the essence of His nature. It's heavy. It's weighty. It's substantial. It's tangible. It is, a, it is the substance by which the anointing, the power, the authority of God are carried. The glory of God carries the anointing of God. When you're receiving the anointing, it's because the glory of God is present. The glory of God can be seen, but it doesn't have to be seen. You see, because uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but we'll see if we go there. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul was talking about his ministry uh, to the Corinthians, and then he was comparing The glory of the Old Testament, ministry of the law, and comparing it with the New Testament, New Covenant, 
glory of the ministry of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And it goes on to talk about Moses having to put a veil on himself after he had been in the mountain with God when he had received the commandments that were written on stone, you see. And so because that was an external covenant, because that covenant was passing away, there was a temporary or temporal glory that was seen upon Moses, the servant of God, the one who was the type of Christ, type of the deliverer of God's people, and the, and the prophet of God who received the law. Amen. And by the way, pastored millions of people. Hallelujah. What a job he did. But it was seen upon him so that the people would recognize that glory but it was for a season and it was temporal it was not eternal it was passing away because there was a greater glory still to come there was a better covenant that was coming based on better promises and there was a covenant coming in whom the creator and the carrier of glory the living word Jesus Christ himself would come and bring the fullness of glory into the earth and then now that glory is distributed as the glory of God was inside of Christ, so it's inside of us. So it doesn't have to be seen to be recognized, to be felt, and to receive the effects and the transmission of it. People are, I'm saying that because people are always thinking about the glory cloud. And there are times when, when the glory cloud will come in and the weighty awesome majesty of God where the men where the works of men absolutely cease in the presence of his glory will come in and flood and fill a place but that's the that's the exception rather than the rule in the new covenant because there's a greater glory that most people don't even recognize and it's right inside of them amen so let's look at the word and I want to Like I said, it, it carries his anointing, his presence, his power. I, I, I mentioned briefly that when I was caught up as a 12-year-old boy and I saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he was covered in glory, shining, dazzling, resplendent glory. That was like lightning coming out of him. It's, it's, it, it can't really be uh, humanly described in full measure. But that's what it was. And when the Lord spoke to me, the moment I came into his presence, it was his glory that rushed out of him and came rushing to me and hit me and went in me and literally went through me. And it carried his word to me. And with that, his life was made new in me. Or I was made new in his life. This is important because you're carriers. We are carriers. We carry something. And what we carry is the glory of God. Glory is also synonymous with His honor. With His honor. Glory can be described as His majesty, His splendor, His brightness, His brilliance, and His richness. 
You remember what it says in James? Don't be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. For every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. That's the Father of glory. It's talking about His glory, His resplendent brilliance. The, the word literally means luminescent, luminousness. God illuminates everything because He Himself illuminates and, and He radiates life. And it's His glory and His power that gave light into the earth. When God said, light be, in the very beginning of Genesis, God said, light be, it says, let there be light. But really, the literal translation, uh, translation is, light be, God spoke. And do you know where that light came from? It came from His essence. It literally, the light that came into the earth came out of God. It came out of him. So it wasn't something externally that he put there. It literally in the very beginning came out of him. And the creative power of his glory went into motion. Went into motion. And then the word spoke it. The spirit did it. And we had it. Hallelujah. So it has to do with his honor. Listen to this now. Meaning this, when and where and in whom God is truly honored. Now, we're not talking about honor today, but you understand what honor is. When and where and in whom God is truly honored, He then is honored to manifest and make His glory known. Because glory has to do with His honor, His majesty. So when he is honored, he himself is honored to manifest and make his glory known. So in Habakkuk, let's read. I want to just read three verses just so you get a small context. Actually, verse 14 is where I'm going to focus and where I'm going to end. But it's amazing because this verse comes sandwiched in between such a glorious prophetic statement that we'll read here. Let me read it, verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. For the earth will be filled. Hallelujah. Last time I noticed the seas are totally filled, right, with water. I mean... It, sometimes they come to a place of overflow, right? But the seas are full. The sea is full of the sea. Amen. In, in the same way, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Meaning permeating. That's what the kingdom of God does. It starts as a seed inside of you and inside of me. Pastor was talking about the seed this morning. Everything God does is in seed form. When you receive Christ, you receive the seed of the Spirit, the down payment, the earnest of your inheritance. You receive God, and you were born again. And you were a baby, just like a natural baby is a baby. Amen. And from that point, you grow. You grow in every way. Just like natural, you grow bigger. You grow stronger. You grow in every way. But the kingdom of God starts that way and then permeates. And so the same thing is happening now 
in this day in which we're living with people like you and people like me and those of us of like precious faith who have the, the, the hunger and the thirst for God and His righteousness, who want to see Him honored and see His name proclaimed and see Him made famous in the earth. The works of the devil brought down to nothing and eradicated and destroyed the lives of people around us. Amen. Amen. People like us are being used by the Lord right now to reveal the knowledge of His glory. But it's sandwiched between hard words, things that Israel was doing, iniquity, sin, dishonor. And, and all kinds of woes and judgments are being spoken. Uh, and then right in the middle there, the Lord says this word. But let me just read from verse 12. You know in the beginning of this chapter, you, we've all heard it before. It's, the, it's about writing the vision, making it plain. Amen. On tablets that he may run who reads it. Vision is yet for an appointed time. The appointed time has come and gone. The appointed time they were looking for was the appointed time of the Messiah coming and bringing the redemption of heaven to earth. And now that time has come and gone. Because I can prove it in Galatians 4, he talks about the appointed time. Amen. When the fullness of the time had come. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were born under the law. Hallelujah. So that was the appointed time. And so now that appointed time has come and gone. And now we're living in the manifestation of verse 14. But listen to this. In verse 12 he says, Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Because, you know, sin is sin. Iniquity is iniquity. Meaning throughout history, sin, iniquity, and corruption, and degradation of the earth and the people therein have been happening. From the time of Adam's fall until now, still we can see the effects of it happening today. And in fact, it's even on an increasing level today. But where, where sin abound, grace did abound much more. Hallelujah. And so we are those who are abounding with the grace of God, living with the glory of God inside of us so that we may, through it's so powerful, through willingness and obedience, release His glory into the earth, thereby seeing the effects of the riches of His glory touch people. But He says, and verse 13, Behold, it is not the Lord of hosts that the people labor to feed the fire. In other words, what he's saying there is that people work and labor for that which is of no lasting value. Things that will come and go. Things that are here today and will be burned tomorrow. That's what it's talking about. Things of no lasting value. You see, God is not a God of things of no lasting value. Everything He is, all that He does, everything He says is established forever and ever. Forever, O oh Lord, Your Word is established in heaven. Amen. The Lord is interested in eternal things and spreading the eternal kingdom of God and His glory. Amen? Amen? But it says here, and the nations weary themselves in vain. It reminds me of when Jesus was overlooking the crowds. 
And it says he was moved with compassion. He was moved. It says Jesus went everywhere, went everywhere all the time, preaching, teaching, and healing the sick. Why? Because he was moved with compassion. Hallelujah. And it says he looked at the people and they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He didn't look at them like so many of us tend to look at times. Because of the degradation of sin and, and the pollution of the earth and all that we're living in here, we have tendency if we're not... It, it, if, if we don't watch ourselves, if we don't keep ourselves in the love of God, we can see people the way that the, way that the enemy sees them, as nothing, as, 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 as worthless, as, as people who look at them, look at them. Why are they like this? What's wrong with that guy? Look at these idiots. Then we're casting judgment. And in casting judgment, we keep people down and under. Keep people bound because we are actually the ones who have been given the glory, the power, and the authority to speak life. Hallelujah. And bring people. And so Jesus saw people as God would see them. As his heart loved them. Amen. But he said, he said they were like, they were weary. They were harassed. They were weary. They were tired. They were hurting. They had no strength and no power to do anything or change anything, really, about their situation. And so that's what it says here. God cares. And so after saying this, he says, listen, I'm going to intervene. When the time of the fulfillment of the vision comes to pass and my son is sent and he redeems the, the life of the world upon the cross, then the earth will be filled with the knowledge of my glory. And so how? The question is how will the earth be filled with the knowledge of his glory? I've already said it, in and through his body. Us together and us individually. Each one of us together in teams we go out. Or if we don't have a team and we're moved by the Spirit or our heart, compassion is flowing, then we just go as the Spirit leads us. But it's in the same way, just the same way as it was made known by the Lord Jesus when He was walking in the earth. The same way, the riches of His glory. Look at this in Romans 8.29. I want to show you something in Romans. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. The Lord makes His glory known to us and the knowledge of it. Now listen, that, listen i got to say this. Romans 8.29, you get there. But the knowledge that it's speaking of there... When the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge. That knowledge is very interesting. It's a transmitted knowledge. It's an evidential knowledge. It's a very apparent knowledge. Meaning it's not something that's studied and examined and scrutinized. And then either re re rejected or accepted by one. No. It's much more powerful and more direct than that. It, it has nothing to do with, uh, with um, learning. It has to do with catching. Amen. 
And so it's the glory of the Lord, the knowledge of His glory is something that is seen and felt by people because they come into the contact and receive the transmission of some of the riches of His glory. That's why we go to unbelievers and believers alike, but really to unbelievers. And we go and speak the words of the Lord. We bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We lay hands on the sick. Why? Because we're transmitting His glory and His life when we do that. And the more you have the knowledge of that glory for yourself in your own life, the stronger you are with it because everything operates in the realm of faith. And when your faith is big and strong and built, up that God lives inside of me that he's given his glory to me and when I go his glory is released and transmitted to anyone I speak with or touch and so it's an apparent glory amen it's an evidential thing we are witnesses who carry evidential power that's the great thing about our life and our being witnesses We don't have to rely upon ourselves. People get nervous about being a witness. People say, well, well, oh, I don't know. What if it doesn't happen? Well, you see, that's the problem. They They don't have the knowledge of the glory of the Lord strong and deep enough inside of their being. Because when you know that Christ lives in you and that He's the hope of glory, the expectation of the power and the life of God to be transmitted then it's all over before you ever start. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. I almost put my foot here, Pastor, and I... I (laughs) Look at Romans 8. I want you to see this real quick. This is powerful. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I asked the Lord a few years back. Well, it's been a number of years now. But I asked the Lord, Lord, if I had one word, if I had one message or one word to speak, and then I was going to be gone off the scene. I just wanted to know. I don't even know why I asked it, but I believe it was inspired by the Spirit because the Lord showed me something. And I want to show it to you. I said, Lord, if I had one word, one message to transmit, to speak, what would it be? And I didn't even really, to be honest with you, expect an answer this quick, okay? I was asking, but immediately when I asked that, I heard inside these words, Romans 8, 29 and 30. I heard it, Romans 8, 29 and 30. So I'm going to read those to you out of the Amplified. You know, you know Romans 8, 28, we all know it, we all quote it. We know that all things work together for good to those that are the called, those who are called according to his purpose. Well, here is his design and purpose right here in the next two verses, okay? This is the design and purpose of God for us, for our lives. And I'm reading out of the Amplified Classic, Romans 8, 20, 8 29, and 30. For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning foreordaining them to be molded, and that word could also be used, I checked it out, transfigured, changed from the inside out, to be molded into the image of His Son. And now listen, and share inwardly His likeness, that He might become the firstborn among many brethren. 
The Lord is not ashamed to be called our brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He confesses us as his brothers in the congregation of the righteous in the presence of the Father. And then in verse 30 it says, And those whom he foreordained, listen, this is going to be exciting. He also called, that is he called you by name when you came and received Jesus as your Savior. He also called, and those whom he called, he also justified or made righteous, acquitted, made righteous, made them innocent, really, and put them into right standing with himself. All right? And now listen to this. That, that would be good enough, but it goes beyond that. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Not he's going to glorify. Like I said, the real you is not your body that you can pinch and feel out here. The real eternal part of you right now is your spirit inside. Amen. Amen. So when you're talking about me, you're really talking about me inside the new creation man. Hallelujah. You're not talking about this flesh and blood. Amen. That I'm getting tired of looking at in the mirror anymore. Amen. Because of the loss of hair. Amen. On the top of my head and the hair growing in other places where I don't want it to grow anymore. Hallelujah. Like talk about the nose. That tremor has to be come out all the time nowadays. I'm like, stop. I'm going to put a match up there. (laughs) So, but listen, that's the real you. Amen. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. The state of your being is a being recreated, reached in the image and likeness of the glorified Lord Jesus Christ. And so you are a being full of the light of God. Full of the glory of God. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 9. Very quickly. The the transfiguration of Jesus. It's, it's, It's the account of this is given in all three of the synoptic gospels. Which is significant. Important. Not one of the writers in the synoptic gospels. Matthew, Mark and Luke left this out. And so it says here, I want to read uh, verse 28, 9:28, because I want you to see. We're made, we've been recreated on the inside, it says, just like Jesus. Amen? And so let's look at Jesus. We all can look at him also in Revelation as the one now who's risen, who carries the fire in his eyes, who has the, the glory of God upon him. Amen? It says his, white, his hair was, it was white as wool in Revelation 1. I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, it doesn't mean Jesus is gray, okay? Jesus ain't gray, okay? We're talking about a resplendent brightness, brighter than the sun, brighter than lightning that bolts down to the earth when it flashes. We're talking about the illuminescentness of the glory of God, and that's what is on the Lord Jesus. And it carries all kinds of riches, riches and honor, power, majesty. And so look at this. It says here in Luke 9.28, and I'm reading again from the um, Amplified. 
It says, now about eight days after these teachings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James, and he went up on the mountain to pray, hallelujah, and as he was praying, now it says in the other ones, he was transfigured, but in Luke it doesn't say the word transfigured, the word transfigured literally means changed from the inside out. Who Jesus was in reality, in his spirit on the inside, he was now showing out to three of his apostles so that they would see his glory. And you see, later on, you remember, that's what John wrote about in John 1.14 when he said, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so it says here, uh, the appearance of his countenance became altered. It, it says in the other one, his face shone like the sun. And actually it was brighter than the sun. And that's what Paul says in Acts chapter 26. On his third retelling of his own testimony, he says, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. Of course it would be. He's the creator of it. Amen. Hallelujah. But can you imagine? Think about it. That's our Lord. Amen. His, his countenance became altered, different, and his raiment, his clothing, became dazzling white, flashing with the brilliance of lightning. Then it talks about the two men, Moses and Elijah, who appeared with him in splendor and majesty and brightness in verse 31. And we're speaking of his exit, which he was going to accomplish there at Jerusalem. And now listen, verse 32. Now Peter and those with him were heavy or weighed down with sleep. They were sleeping as he manifested his glory. And that's a prophetic word I see that happens in the church far too often in the day in which we're living. People, even Christians, are sleepwalking through life. And because they're sleepwalking through life, they're missing the glory of Jesus in their life. But only if we would wake up, arise and shine, if we would wake up, and allow the Lord to show Himself to us and give Him our full attention, honoring Him morning, noon, and night. Not that we can't go about our business in life, but our business in life is not why we're here. The reason we're here is to know Him and make Him known. Hallelujah. But too many have lost their purpose and they're missing their calling. Why? Because they can't get up in the morning. And when they get up, they still can't wake up to the Lord. And I want to encourage you today, wake up. I want you to see this in uh, 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 Isaiah chapter 60. It's a word that God speaks even in this day. Isaiah chapter 60. It's so powerful. Look at this. If I can get it. Again, I'm reading. No. Well, I'll read from the Amplified since I have it here. Yeah. Look at this word for those who are sleeping. And I'm saying all of you, by faith in the name of Jesus, are awake. Amen. Amen. And you're living your days alive and awake to the glory of God. Amen. But look at this. God would speak even in our day. And maybe he'll speak this same word through you. Don't be afraid to declare from the rooftops, to shout it out with a loud voice, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, arise. That word arise, it's so powerful. It is 
word for resurrection. You look at Jesus. Whenever he raised the dead, he said, arise. That is someone who is either dead or slumbering. He says, arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. And look, here's the glory of God. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. Be radiant. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all the peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you, O Jerusalem, or O church of the living God. And His glory shall be seen on you. Amen. Amen. And listen, when His glory is seen on you, remember, the knowledge of His glory isn't something that you teach people. You let them catch it. It's caught, not taught. Amen. And so you live in the manifestation of His presence. You live in the works of Jesus without pressure. Amen. But living free in fellowship with Him. And allowing when He moves you to move with Him. When He speaks to you to go with Him. Amen. And wherever you are, doing what you do to the glory of the Lord. But look at this. This is the result of what happens when the glory of the Lord rises on you. And I'll say this. It's even better for us in the New Testament because not only has the glory arisen on us, the glory has come inside of us. So we have a greater glory. Never departs. It's not temporal. It's not fleeting. It's a glory that is residing inside, waiting for you to tap into it and release it. And he says, here's what happens. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. You see, salvation of man hinges on these things. The same glorious Lord Jesus Christ is living in you by His Holy Spirit. And the same works that He did and greater works than these shall you do in number and scope, the greater works shall you do. Amen. These same works you shall do and greater than these you can do. Say, I can. can. You must do. Say, I must. And and you will do. Say, I will. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. Because the salvation of the world is hanging in the balance. And it hangs based upon the fact whether or not they come into contact with the riches that are in His glory what are in you. Amen? I close with this. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. It's another verse you all know. Hallelujah. I'm going to read verses 24 to 27 in closing here. Jesus is here today. Thank you, Lord. Paul suffered a lot, affliction, persecution, trouble. 
from the enemy. Why? Because he carried this revelation and he brought the gospel all over the world. But he says, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Saying that, listen, many more should be doing the work that I'm doing, but they're not. So I have to make up for that. So the grace of God worked mightily in him for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. This is the fulfillment of the word of God. Listen to this. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations has now been revealed to his saints. Amen. You and I, to them God willed to make known. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the expectation of glory. The whole world is groaning, the whole earth is groaning, and the people therein are groaning, waiting for the manifestation. I just... Wish I could give you more, but I just want to heighten your awareness. I know that you know these things, but I want to heighten your awareness today that you may seek the Lord deeper, further on this and understand exactly who you are and who lives in you. Because if you will put His love on people, they will be changed forever. 